Good afternoon, Callum. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm <laughs> wonderful. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I'm looking forward to diving into this uh, podcast and, uh, yeah, answering the people's questions, meeting them where they're at. Exactly. I, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, so for, <laughs> for, those, for those who don't know, Dave and I actually have a little um, brief prior to um, hitting record. And uh, let's just say a sleep-deprived, caffeine-fueled, hunger-driven Callum is, uh, is ready to go for this uh, podcast. I, I just hope you haven't peaked too early. Well, you know what happens when you peak too early, right? It's a, it's a steep fall. Big, big crash coming. Anyway. So let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see. How's, your week, how's your week been anyway, before we dive into the nitty-gritty? My week so far has been very good. Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the extra light at the start and end of the days. Oh, it's such a difference. This, oh, it's amazing. You get to this point of the year and you feel like nice weather is just around the corner. You get wee glimpses through the middle of the day where you're just out in a t-shirt. You've got a little bit of light in the sky when you get up in the morning. You've got a little bit of light in the sky at night. It just, it makes me happy, Callum. It sets you up for what's going to be a fantastic summer. It will be a fantastic summer. Yeah. Cast iron guarantee, regardless of the weather, at least we've got uh, a bit of warmth and a bit more daylight. It's all good. And for those down days, wet days, or dog walking days, you've got this podcast to listen to. Exactly. Exactly. So, so win win for everybody. Helping everybody in multiple ways. Yeah. It's like we're not we're not just here for fitness. We're here for here for the long haul. Here for the lifestyle change. Exactly. Um, in this episode, whose number I forget, we are going to talk about, uh, or we're going to cover a couple of questions that we've had from uh, listeners and clients and I always feel with these Q&A type episodes that if one person is asking there's more than one people people well, more than one person thinking about it so I can guarantee you this stuff is going to give you some useful tips to get to move forward with um, and then we're going to try and finish this episode with a actionable tip that you guys can put into place straight away um, to make everything better so, first question, Callum. Yes. How tired should I be when I leave training session? Should I be broken? Because if I don't feel like I'm broken when I leave the training session, I feel like I'm cheating. So, I had this question years and years ago, um, coaching a, a woman when I worked at Virgin Active. And she was very much... Uh, a 510k runner dabbled in some half marathons and she was used to the sweat she was used to kind of leaving the gym and feeling kind of super fatigued and super sweaty and like really feel like she's uh, done a workout but she would only feel like that if she'd actually surpassed her previous workout time mm. or her previous distance so she always had to either run further or run for longer to feel that sense of tiredness or sweat so when we were when i we shifted focus and we started to focus on more strength training um along with kind of the cardio aspect of kind of focusing in on our 510k runs 
Um, the perception that runners think is that they have to run further and faster to get faster and better at running. Whereas the reality is you have to get stronger. And yes, obviously you have to improve your kind of zone two capacity as well and your aerobic capacity and your anaerobic capacity. Um, but when you're working with um, weights, you're not going to actually finish every single workout feeling the same way as you would feel after you've done a run. Yeah. Mainly because you're focusing on a different energy system and you're, you may be focusing on something that uh, you are maybe proficient in or you're not that proficient in, so you have to then learn how to go about doing it. But weight training itself, depending on kind of the rest periods, if you're doing circuits or if you're doing um supersets compound sets cluster sets yeah you'll get you will get kind of that feeling of sweat you'll get that feeling of fatigue but to begin with you're probably not going to because of your training capabilities already with the um type of training you have done in the past you're already probably quite fit whereas if you are just starting out in both factors then you're probably going to notice actually with the weight training, you're going to be probably more fatigued than you would normally. Whether that answers the question directly or not, I feel like I've kind of skirted around the surface a little bit, but it's a question from, from your client um, or a listener that you got this week. Um, one thing one thing I would say as well, having done both myself and being a, like an endurance runner and somebody who's worked in the gym, I've seen myself go out for two-hour runs and never bro- broken a sweat. Mm-hmm. because of the type of training that I'm doing. It's zone two training. It's very much working my aerobic mm-hmm. capacity. So I've not broken sweat at all. Whereas if I go to do a 30-minute um, gym session, I've seen me breathing out my rear end and wanting to lie down. Yeah. So it's kind of like, are you A, training hard enough in a weight session? Um, is your weight training session specific to your overall goal? Um, and are you actually just chasing the feeling of exhaustion rather than the focus of having a goal and wanting to achieve the goal rather than just having a sweaty session? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this was a question I got from a client um, in person. And the way I explained it to her is the easiest thing in the world is for me to have a client leave the gym feeling broken. Of course, anybody can do that though. Anybody can break uh, break somebody. Yeah. I mean, you just throw a few supersets together, you put the ramp, the reps up, you take the rest times down and yeah, I could have you crawling out the gym anytime, but that isn't what's going to make you better. No, and they wouldn't come back if that was the case. Yeah, most people wouldn't. Most people would be like, you're an idiot. You've broken me. I can hardly move. Yeah, you know what makes you better is applying the stimulus in accordance with your goal, and allowing your body to recover. You know, and you know this particular client has done a lot of kind of higher cardio stuff, and is used to kind of feeling um, that kind of sweaty, burny, you know, heart rate sky high, breathing rate sky high, all the rest of it, but. You're not going to replicate that in a gym session if your goal is to 
get stronger or, or build more muscle. Yes, you're going to be tired, but you're probably going to, what I would look for more from a client in the gym is how hard are you working per set or how hard are you working on an exercise? Not how broken are you at the end of the session? Like, yes. I want most exercises to be in that kind of seven to nine out of 10 effort level. Well, yeah, I was just about to say, what what is that client or what is uh, the listener, what is their rate of perceived exertion for that actual movement? Yeah, yeah. If it's anything I mean, less than seven, it's too late for a start. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as well, you know, if you're only rating the session at the end of the session based on the last exercise you do, that could be quite easy if it's some isolation work. You know, it'll be a bit mm-hmm. of a burn there, but it won't be that hard. Whereas if you just set a PB on a deadlift where by definition you're up at a nine or a 10 RPR, you know, for that lift, you could not be working harder. Yeah. And you have to kind of look at the session as a whole. And is it, is it kind of working towards your goal? The other side of it is as well, like, I think a lot, particularly like focusing on the running, because that's the example you gave a lot of people go, well, I want to improve my running, so I want to put the reps up to improve my endurance. Now, a set of 25 goblet squats will get you breathing out your ass, but that's not going to compare with a 10K run. No. Like, a 10K run is probably 10,000 steps. Right? Yeah. You know, 20 reps is not going to improve your endurance on that. What it will do, potentially, is build up a bit more... Uh, muscle mass and a bit more strength and a bit more um, uh, kind of power potentially depending on how you're doing it which might support your running but it's not going to do anything for your muscular endurance over a 10k run yeah I think it's worthwhile noting um, as well Every, like, <laughs> everybody can run everybody's got the gift of being able to run if they're if it's if they can, right? Yeah. Uh, if they're able to. Um, but not everybody can run efficiently. Yes. And what happens is when people want to start a fitness journey, when people want to lose the weight, what do they do? They go out for a run. Hmm. And then they go to a physio four days later because all of a sudden their ankles are sore, their knees are sore, their hips are sore. Their yeah. hamstrings are sore. They've got tib ant pain, shin splints. They've got sore quads. They've got doms. They've got sore core, lower back, right? That's all stemmed from being deconditioned and not able to run effectively. So how do you run effectively? Well, you have to build solid foundations. How do you build solid foundations? You strength train. You get stronger. And then your actual output and your efficiency of running improves massively. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the likes of um, name drop a couple of mates here Mo Farah, Usain Bolt these guys are built the way that they're built because they hit the gym it's not, they've not got that way from, from running, they've got that way because they're trying to produce as much power as possible in their given disciplines which is why there's a difference in physique between the two of them mm-hmm. and they're able to compete at the highest level but Mo Farah doesn't get faster by running. He gets faster by strength training. He gets faster by developing his quads, his hamstrings and his glutes yeah. um, and his core to ensure that he's able to get that triple extension through and work all those areas 
to run more efficiently. Efficiency therefore improves output and therefore improves time. Yeah, yeah. It's developing your system to put more power into the ground with less effort. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of circling back to, to the original question, you don't have to leave the gym feeling burst every single session. There are times it's going to happen, but, you know, I would say one or two sessions out of a training block, you're going to go out absolutely burst. The rest of them, you're going to go out feeling pretty good. That's, that would be my hope anyway, that you're not going out like skipping down the street after a training session, but you're going out feeling like you've not completely destroyed the rest of your day um, and you're going to struggle to recover. Um, and there might be that one or two sessions where you turn up the intensity a wee bit and, and you push harder. But generally, you don't have to leave the gym feeling burst. Um, more often than not, clients leave the gym feeling better than when they came into it. Yeah, definitely. And you can look at um, what's the Newton's law for um, laws of motion. Force equals mass times acceleration, right? Mm-hmm. The force equals mass times acceleration. But from a running perspective, we're looking at um, becoming faster, right? Which is ultimately yeah. the premise. Um, so acceleration equals force over mass. So how do you generate more force? Well, you get stronger. Yep. So going back to the original question, which is what you said, is you don't need to feel burst. Of course not, because as long as you're improving your overall volume of that gym session, you're going to get stronger. And it doesn't have to feel the fact that you're going to be sweating and dripping buckets and, and all that jazz. It's a case of doing the basics, doing the fundamentals well and getting the biggest result from it. Yeah, yeah. I think this issue quite often comes from an expectation that you have to go all in, completely balls to the wall from the word go in order to see progress. Mm -hmm. And in actual fact, the majority of your progress comes from just being consistent you know it's it's if you're consistently in the gym and you're challenging yourself a little bit on everything each time you're in you're not necessarily going to break yourself each time out but you are going to get progressively better and i think people forget how long this stuff actually takes to happen like yeah your body hates to change it yeah just doesn't like it it's metabolically expensive it's psychologically expensive and you know you have to put the time and the effort in over the long haul just adding little bits at a time um to get better um so you don't have to to go all in going at you know 100 miles an hour every single time out in order to see progress yeah exactly exactly i mean i could give you yeah we've got time i'm gonna give you another example of a client that i had who was um who was uh, a runner and he wanted to jump into an elite pen in the mar in the half marathon for the Edinburgh Marathon about three years ago. And to do that, you had to post a sub for sub one hour 20 or one hour 25 time, which okay. is fast, which yeah. is fast for, for um, like an amateur, I guess, over yeah. an elite runner. Um, 
and he was up at the 140s, right? Mm-hmm. He continued doing what he was doing. He continued going for his runs. But his runs, we varied them massively. We varied them from sprinting to hill runs to um, sub-threshold runs to long list runs. But we also focused hugely on the strength and to avoid injury from this increase in volume on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually did it. He snuck into that elite pen for the for the half marathon. And he was absolutely over the moon. And when you get into that elite pen, you're at the starters. You go at basically at the starters, gone for all marathons and all half marathons after that. You're at the very, very front. There's nobody behind you, nobody blocking you. Um, so, yeah, and that was, that was just down to in, in making him more efficient and making him stronger. Yeah. But if you ask him, not once did he ever feel like he could, needed to crawl out the gym. Hmm. You know, it was yeah. all just managed with we met at each other's kind of ex- levels of expectation he put the work in i told him what to do um but i also got the feedback from him as well and you know it was a, it was a happy ending so nice. yeah it's just a case of you know making it making it work for each other but yeah you, i don't know i don't know if we could, we could reiterate enough that you don't have to feel burst <laughs> after a gym session to to get your desired result yeah and I, I suppose the the one kind of caution that i would put in there is that you do have to challenge yourself on most sets that you do. No, of like, course you do. This is not advice to say that you have to go easy on every session, that you don't challenge yourself in every session. That's not what we're saying at all. What you have to do is push the envelope a little bit whenever you feel confident to do so. So, you know, try the heavier weight for a set if you feel like you've been stuck at weight for a while. You know, give it a shot, get that exposure to the heavier loads, challenge yourself to get a couple of extra reps when appropriate. Um, but you don't have to do that to such a level that you feel burst. Like no, you, should feel leaving, you should leave the the gym feeling accomplished, I think is the the word that I would look for. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you don't, it's not the end of the world. No, no, because it's not going to happen every time. No, cool. Not. Awesome. Nailed that answer. <laughs> you got there. Next. What was um, the other question? The next one we've got is, um, I really don't like drinking water, plain water. Um, what other options are available that aren't too sugary? Thoughts? Advices? Is that? Will we take this one off, or will you? I'll just let you just unleash you and let you go. Well, <laughs> oh goodness! So you got a question asking you. They don't like water. Is there anything else that they can drink? Yeah, Maybe I think it's like- looking for suggestions that will make it taste better, or give them other options that are not just plain water. Right. What about um? What about squash? Or diluting juice. Boom, great. Let's move on. <laughs> You're just saying that so I don't open a can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this one, like, there can be times through the nutrition side of things where it can be very easy to overthink a very simple issue. And I think this might be one of those times. Like, Let's not try and reinvent the wheel completely. Let's just put some flavoring on it. It's, it's, you know, 
you don't want if you if your goal is fat loss you don't want to be taking in empty calories from sugary drinks and those kind of coffee type nonsenses that you get in starbucks or other coffee shops what do you mean like a tall skinny vanilla decaf frappuccino yeah with triple shot of caramel sauce and sprinkles on top you know 800 calories for a coffee like it's ridiculous and um, that's a dessert it's not a coffee so side note what would you go for rather than that then that's got maybe less than five calories in it um, if you still my personal choice would be a flat yeah. white but that's going to be a bit more it's 100 something but you yeah, can just go for a coffee like a black coffee maybe there's an option so that's almost that's almost saving you 800 percent of your calories <laughs> yeah and, and probably uh 10 of the cost yeah anyway we digress but the thing is like there's a danger of overthinking things so you're looking for something that is zero calories or very low calories that you like the taste of that is easy so like you said squash most squashes are zero sugar now like i don't think i've ever seen like a, a high sugar content diluting juice in the last five years i'm not i might be wrong but they're all zero sugar they taste pretty good you could go for it's not a great option but you could go for a zero calorie soft drink like people are like oh yeah but the chemicals it's like yeah but if you understand how these things are broken down it's not a problem like so when you when you say like a, a soft drink you mean like a like a diet coke or a diet coke zero or free fanta or whatever like there's no they're not going to kill your kidneys or destroy your brain or give future generations autism like there's no evidence okay <laughs> they're fine in moderation i think i think one of the things that you know if, if there was going to be a massive health risk for consuming kind of those those types of drinks it would be oral you know it'd be like the enamel in your teeth more than anything else yeah absolutely and, and carbonation does that but the fact the fact of the matter is that people get so freaked out by the a word when it comes to these diet drinks right mm -hmm. aspartamine or how it, you know people people pronounce it in different ways but do you know how many diet cans of coke you have to drink for it to be significant to the human body yeah it's like a thousand a day or something oh, and who's going to do that in a, in a sitting and the thing is like if you're drinking it to such a level that that is the problem you've got other things to worry about yeah <laughs> there are other problems that we need to address before we worry about a spar team um anyway you could look at sparkling water love it love sparkling water yeah. flavor sparkling water with lime strawberry kiwi love it love yeah. the stuff um you could look at you know herbal teas mm -hmm. we've said coffee already you know people worry then about the caffeine content but the amount of caffeine compared to the amount of water required to make the cuppa more than balances itself out yeah you know yeah. It's, it's, it, it, i think you probably have to worry more about <clears throat> the sort of diuretic effect of caffeine if you're taking caffeine pills like a pro plus or or you know whatever 
you know, those options are. Um, yeah, but if yeah, you're exactly. drinking in liquid form, there's more than enough liquid there to offset any diuretic impact. Um, so yeah, don't overthink it. Find something that tastes good, that is low or very low or zero calorie and enjoy it. I would agree. I would agree. And if you do want to have a full, well, I don't know why we say full fat because it's not full fat. It's just full of sugar. <laughs> no fat in it. Cans of, cans of Coke um, or whatnot and go for it and like, enjoy it. One can is not going to do anything. But, you know, to, to add to that, there's milkshakes, there's milk, there's um, uh, tea. As you said, herbal teas. There's, there's so There are so many options. Go to a garage fridge and have a look at all the liquid options. <laughs> there's good advice. I think that's the easiest thing. Like, go to a fridge in a garage where there's like hundreds of thousands of choices of fluid to take, yeah. and it's all split into sugar-free. It's all split into like the full sugar stuff. Have a look, and if you get, and if you're not sure, just grab one and drink it. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Move on to the next one. Yeah, but yeah, don't overcomplicate the process. I think is the is the key aspect to that. Yeah, but I get it. Like everybody wants to, everybody wants to feel like they're doing right or they're doing the right thing, and it's quite often the feeling of wanting to be right the whole time that's actually keeping people stuck where they are. Um, I've experienced this personally myself, and I know you have as well, Dave. Definitely, you want the right thing before you launch a product or before you launch an evil sequence or before you write a program you want to make sure it's the right thing for that individual whereas at the end of the day if you just launched it or you gave it to the client anyway they, you can build from that after you've got feedback from it, right so it's just a case of going forward and you know if you you know fluid intake is something that's um that that individuals are struggling with it's definitely a case of um you know wanting to do the right thing and and overcomplicating the process and ultimately remaining stuck where they are and wondering why they're not seeing any progress because it's that one thing that actually blocks them from doing everything else that they should be doing, like going for their walks or going for their step count or going for their workouts. It, it, this, like you say, this is a point we've, we've talked about many times before. Any action is better than inaction. Yeah, massively. Like, you know, if you're not sure if, you know, it's the right thing to drink or the right thing to eat. Try it. Assess it. Either stay with it or move on. It's it's not the end of the world. It's you've not lost anything. In fact, you've gained quite a lot of useful information on it. So yeah, don't overthink these things. And that the same rule goes for you know protein sources, you know, it goes for fruit and veg intake, it goes for steps. It, it just Try it. Take action. Assess. Adjust. Move on. Yeah. But like, ultimately, what's the worst that can happen? You you don't make progress for a week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're not making progress for the last five years. What's the week going to do? Yeah. You know, it's it's about perspective, and it's about at least yeah trying it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You've got more feedback from trying it than not trying it at all. I think you're right, though. This the, the, the fear of getting it wrong is huge. And I think yeah. part of that is that there's so much conflicting information on the internet, on social media, in books, podcasts, all the rest of it, that 
you're kind of stuck in this wilderness of like, well, this guy said this and this one said that. And then this person says that I should only ever drink pure Himalayan yak water or whatever. And this guy's over here saying that I should be drinking, you know, nothing but Diet Cokes all the time. You know, the answers, if the answers, if something is offering you a one-stop shop option as a, as, as a way forward, run screaming in the opposite direction. Hit them first. Hit them first. Square in the nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hit them first. Square in the nuts. And then run in the other direction. Yeah. Give yourself a reason to run as well. <laughs> but make sure you've strength trained first so that you run efficiently. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody offering... <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely <laughs> anybody offering a, a, a black and white answer for what is actually quite a nuanced individual <laughs> solution and yeah ignore it run away listen to us instead we'll give you options yeah totally like that's that, that's the problem. <laughs> Dave's awful one. That's the problem with it with uh, with Google, right? That's and Instagram, social media, and the likes. There's always going to be conflicting evidence, and it's up to you as an individual, as a educated individual, no doubt, to make an educated choice. And it's yeah. very easy to get sucked into people's people's promises of sunshine and rainbows, and they've maybe never actually gone in you know, achieved what they want, what you've wanted to achieve. And, you know, just because they've done one thing doesn't mean they're the right person for you or the right thing for you. So yeah, that Himalayan uh, high altitude yak water that Dave mentioned. <laughs> yeah. If, if somebody's preaching that to you, like that's, that's just complete and utter rubbish. You know, don't, don't get sucked in by that. He, they will probably tell you it's the best thing that's ever happened. You know, it'll detox the body from the inside out it will put you on a, a spiritual route to i don't know whatever and maybe it has for them but chances yeah, are they're just trying to sell you something maybe it did but the chances are exactly exactly it's just a little anyway, bit circling back again don't overthink it find something that you enjoy drinking and do that Super. Good points. Good points. Um, should we jump into a, an actionable tip that uh, these guys can take away with them after this podcast? I mean, to be fair, we've filled this full of gold anyway, but I, I think we've I've got some another extra gold nugget on top. Cool. So one thing one thing that I speak to all my clients about, and everybody who gets in touch with me is is about gamifying the process. Now. Whether you have kids or not, everybody's been a child and you can probably remember and cast your minds back to when you were at school and you had a, a weekly uh, calendar in front of you or a monthly calendar where if you achieved a certain thing, you'd get a gold star or a red star or whatever the star was for that allocated assignment. You can do the same for your fitness journey. And the reason I'm telling you this is because more often than not, we focus on the negatives than the positives. 
we will look back at our week and go, actually, we've had a really crap week because I only managed to do this, this, and this, rather than going, I had a great week because I managed to do this, this, and this. So when you have a visual representation of what it is you've actually done. So if you've done, say, I don't know, top of my head, 10,000 steps, two and a half liters of water, slept eight hours, done a workout, each one of those represent one star. Mm -hmm. Now, over the course of the week and over the course of the month, we're looking to gain as many stars as possible. And that's only that will only be evident when you when you actually go ahead and do it. So when you have a reflection period at the end of the week or the start of the following week, you'll actually see that you have done more than you think you've done. And that's kind of very simply gamifying the process because at the end of the day, this, this whole thing that we're doing together, all of us are just kind of figuring it out. We're just blagging it, blagging what works. And at the end of the day, it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be an elimination diet. It's not supposed to be getting you to do something that you don't want to do. It's, it's something that, you know, we're both looking to empower you to help build sustainable habits for a lifetime. And if it's one thing that works for you, but gamifying the process for yourself, then, then go ahead and, and enjoy it. But don't be too serious about it. And I think to sum up the whole podcast, not just what I've just said here at the end, is fail often and learn and get feedback. Because if you're not failing at something, then you're not even trying. And yeah. you're not trying, you're not succeeding. Because at the end of the day, you're just staying where you are. And you'll always, always, always complain and doubt and be jealous and envious of other people who are succeeding because you are choosing to do nothing. As Dave said, action always beats inaction. Preach, brother. Amen. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I don't really know what I could add to that. Um, it, it basically comes down to... Recording progress. Like, there we go. Tracking metrics. There you go, Dave. Smash it. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to get to the end of the week thinking that, you know, like you say, you, you've not really done that much. It's, yeah, it's been a week. It's fine. But actually, if you were taking note all the way through, if you were, like you say, tracking your workouts, you'd aim for four workouts, you got three done. You're aiming for seven and a half thousand steps every day, you average eight, and you got that every day. You know, you might not think on a day-to-day basis that you're doing that much, but all that stuff adds up, and you can only really see it when you look backwards. So I think as well as gamifying the process, one thing that I've been trying to do myself more and more consistently is have a period on a Sunday night or a Monday morning where I look back at the previous week at what I've done what have I done well what can I repeat what can I do better at um, and since I've been doing that I've become a lot more focused a lot more productive and I'm actually a lot more content because I realized what I've actually achieved in the previous week and you can use that idea with your nutrition your training your recovery all that sort of stuff to help you realize that you are actually making pretty good progress you have been pretty consistent or there are areas that you need to work on but only by doing that can you identify those areas more clearly. Um, so, yeah, gamify, reflect, move forward. Yeah, I'm interested to hear and see what you're going to uh, call this uh, episode. <laughs> this, I have this, no idea. I was just going to call it Q&A, but I don't think we can. I don't, I don't think we can. Kick them in the balls and run away. There you go. I think that's the title. <laughs> Why not? 
possibly the most clickbaity title we've ever come up with. But that's what you want, though, right? You want, you want, we want, we want people in. We want people to listen. People listening, absolutely. <laughs> in the box. Awesome. No, I think um, I think we covered or at least answered the questions that you had been asked this week um, yeah. from clients. Um, we will do another one of these in a couple of weeks' time from my side of some of the questions that I've been asked. Sure. Um, but I think ultimately there's been a lot to take away, a lot for you guys to laugh at, a lot for you guys to um, learn about. And as always for me, I think I mean, a massive thank you for all the support and uh, listening that you've been doing so far. Um, next week we have uh, a surprise for everybody. Do you have a surprise? I was going to wonder. I was wondering if you were going to bring it up or not. Do you want to tell them or not? That's that's me brought it up. Yeah, I think that's enough. That's enough. Leave you on a tease. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> right. Thank you for listening, guys. Um, as always, leave a rating, leave a review, share it on social media, tag us if you do so. That would be very much appreciated. Have a great week. And we will be back with a surprise next week. Peace out.